Good morning. It's great to be with you and to be able to join together this morning. And uh, good to be with you. And maybe you're going to be catching up a little bit later on, not being able to to gather uh, in in real time, but you're catching up later. So great, great. It's not a great opportunity to be together. We're continuing our series, Love Revolution series this morning. And uh, my theme this morning is rhythm of relationship. And we're looking at the idea of loving God with everything that we've got. Uh, So I'm going to read, just remind ourselves just for a moment or two from Matthew chapter 22, um, verse 37. And this is a verse that I just want to just take up this morning. Um, Jesus was um, approached by a scribe asking what's the greatest command. And the scribe dealt with over 600 different commands that was found, uh, 613, something like that, different commands that was found um, in in, uh, Israel at that time. And this is what Jesus said. He said, Jesus simplified it to one command and he said this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all of your mind. Wow, the scribe was amazed when he shared that. And what Jesus was basically saying was this, that God is looking for an undivided heart. Love God with all your heart, soul and your mind. God wants an undivided heart. He wants your undivided heart and your undivided attention. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you so very, very much. And so that leads me to the question this morning, who or what has your heart? You might might say, well, what are you on about? Who or what has your heart? God wants your undivided heart. And Jesus shared this. He commands our, our hearts and our lives. Interesting, Jesus shared this to uh, a group of disciples and a whole group of people that were listening to him speak uh, on, a, on a hillside. And uh, in Matthew chapter six, he said these words, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Uh, a Christian writer, uh, pastor and teacher, Timothy Keller, made a very profound statement when he said this, if God is not at the center of your life, something else is. If God is not at the centre of my life, your life, then something else is. Jesus wants your heart. God wants your heart, but he doesn't want a little bit of it. He wants undivided attention. And if we're not careful, other stuff takes our hearts and lives. And we don't realise that we're only part-hearted or half-hearted. We don't realise that from time to time. Jesus didn't come into the world to die in our place, your place, my place, and rise from the dead so that we could have a religious belief, He, but rather um, a real life living relationship. That's why God sent his son into the world, so that we could have a living relationship with him. And that's exactly what he wants with you and what he wants with me. And so really the, the essence or focus of your discipleship, my discipleship, or being a disciple, a Christian uh, for Jesus, is not so much, and I've been saying this, maybe focusing on a course on discipleship, but really focusing on being closer to the one that we're seeking to follow. Um, Maybe not so much a programme on how to be and what to do and I must, but rather focusing on the person. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. He says, love God with all your heart, mind and soul, and all that you can bring. And so what he's speaking on here is, and what he's speaking of, is a love 
relationship. And this love relationship has a rhythm. There's a rhythm to this relationship. Um, it's, 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 it's a bit like um, the, a heartbeat or um, a, a repetition. It has a sense of repetition to it. It has a sense of a heartbeat. It has a sense of the, the rise and the fall, the rise and the fall. That's what you see on a heart monitor. There's a beat, there's a rhythm. And uh, this is exactly what it's like in, in our hearts and, and in our lives, um, we, you know, with God. You know, so how, how are you? And this brings me to where I'm going to go in the next few moments this morning. How can you and I love God with all of our heart, our minds, our souls, our strength? How can we actually do that? How can we fulfill that? Because it's as simple as that, that one simple command, rather than all these 613 so many things to do, it's but it's a huge challenge to your life and for my life because there's so much going on in our, um, our lives and hearts today. Um, how? So th th there's, a, there's a thing, there's a, as I said, there's a rhythm to it. And uh, what, the first thing I would say is that God is looking for a repentant heart. And, and this is a, 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 the heartbeat or the, the, rhythm, the rhythm, the the journey, as it were, to our love for God and uh, it's not just a, a, a one-off love that you say I love you God and uh, then everything is great and we're running along because as you know there are there'll be the highs when I really feel on the mountaintop I'm really close to God and there'll be other times when so much there's a, a downside when so much crowds out my life and so the first aspect of the first area and there's there's three things I want to share the first one is, is a repentant heart you know, the word repent literally means to change your heart, change your mind, bring about a U-turn, moving from myself to God. So if I'm living life in me and my life and, you know, it's my heart, then we come to a point where we, we say, I want to live for you, God. In other words, um, we come to a point where we say, God, forgive me, not my will and way, but your will and way. And uh, this is this is what this is what uh, this is an area that, that is maybe sometimes forgotten about. You might not hear quite so much about is this idea of of bringing our a repentant heart before God. So many Christians beat themselves up at times and say, "Oh, I'm not in the place I used to be, and I don't feel God, and God's not there." Maybe it might be a case that we need to come back to Him and say, "Forgive me for living my way. Forgive me for for my will and my way. I want Your will and I want Your way." That's that's repentance. It's coming before God and saying, forgive me. It's more than saying sorry, but it's, I don't want my, just my way. I want your will and your way. It, it has the power of realigning my heart with the heart of God. Uh, when I come like this, an amazing thing happens supernaturally is that my heart begins to be realigned with the very heartbeat of God. You know, there were 613 laws at the time of Jesus and Jesus um, brought it all down to one love God with everything. Simple yet challenging. This is so powerful. Over the years I've seen people set free from strongholds through the a rhythm of repentance. And when I talk, we talk about repentance there's a rhythm to it. We might need to come over the course of our lives and the journey of our week or the journey in our year or that month at points or seasons in our lives when we realize that my heart isn't in the place that it, it once was or it should be and I'm not in that place of undivided attention and it's a challenge to bring undivided attention with so much going on in the age in which we live and so much that could take up and crowd out my heart but but this is such a powerful thing to do is to come and repent 
and come before God and bring our hearts. You know, a desire for change, this is the first step where we want to yield our heart, our will and our way to God for his will and way is touched by the grace of God. God always touches a repentant heart in this way uh, with his grace and mercy. And this brings about a supernatural realigning and change. It's grace that changes our hearts. I could never do that on my own. Will All the willpower in the world to bring my heart again and again before God, but it's through repentance, a desire to bring my heart to him, that his grace begins to touch my life and bring about a most remarkable realignment and change. You know, repentance begins to realign. And this brings me on to my second point is this, God is looking for a refocused heart. In the rhythm of life, with this rhythm of repetition and heartbeat of repentance comes then also an opportunity for refocusing my heart. And my heart begins to be refocused on Jesus. You know, I've been saying that an uplook fuels my outlook. As I look to God, as I look towards him, uh, my heart is energised and then I'm able to reach out and touch those around me. Sometimes I feel I've got to reach, I've got to do, I've got to go here, I've got to help there. But when I bring my heart before God, he energises my heart and life that I want to. It's the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. Reach out to those around me. A.W. Tozer said this, my aim each day is to adore God more than anything else. Each day, it's an amazing statement. My aim each day is to adore God more than anything else. You know, and this is his, this was his desire. And our refocused desire is that each day, I want to adore you more than stuff, things, others, this, that. It's, it's a realigning of our hearts on a daily basis before God without having to, but a desire to just love him. You know, we can do this through a, a, a number of really simple, simple things. Uh, and I've, I've talked about them at length in the past, but I want to just touch upon them this morning to, to maybe encourage you and to help you. And these, these are a few things that have helped me in my own life. And one of them is conversational prayer. Conversational prayer is exactly that, talking to him. You know, I love you, Lord. It's great. I can do that any time, any part of the day, walking along, driving in the car, washing up, you know, working at work. It doesn't have to, at a certain time where I draw aside and I'm now going to have to seek your face. Conversational prayer. It's not being flippant. It's being open. It's being relational. And it's causing us to abide or relate to him. I found this a most remarkable and amazing way of, of relating to him, relating to Jesus. And, and in relating, I could begin to see it and I could begin to adore. And it, it, where I come to a point where I, I would say, I need you. I'm relying on you. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. You've been with me before. Be with me today. And, and, and I appreciate you at this time in my life. I thank you for what you're doing today in my life. As you begin to, at first, it feels a bit odd because you think, well, Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit's with me. And you think you're talking to yourself. And what am I doing? rather than coming and give me today our daily bread and do this for me, Father. But as you begin to come like that, it becomes easier, becomes more vibrant, more alive, and Jesus becomes more real because we're relating to him. Oswald Chambers said this, the great spiritual father and writer and pastor and teacher, he said, the whole meaning of prayer is that we may know God. The whole meaning of prayer is that we may know God. In other words, love him and relate to him and relate to his son. It's as simple as that. Second area in refocusing is also um, 
coming to the Word of God, the Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament, uh, in uh, anticipate that the Word is alive. I, when I read the Bible these days now, I'm, I'm looking to anticipate. This isn't just a book, it's not just some words. These are the words of God, inspired words, life words, living words. And so I have an, uh, I've trained myself now to continually seek to anticipate. Hey, there are some days when you feel kind of, and you feel jaded and it doesn't feel quite the same. And I get that. But there's an anticipation. This is the living word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Paul, the writer of the Hebrews, says the word of God is alive, living and active. And so when I read, I read with an expectation. It's not I have to read, but I read with an expectation that this is a living word, an alive word, inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when I read, Jesus is alive, and I want to relate to Jesus and see Jesus and relate to God and see God and relate to the Holy Spirit and see the Holy Spirit in what I'm reading and through what I'm reading. I pray that Jesus will be revealed to me in what I'm reading. And as I begin to rest and just take a moment to reflect on that, I find in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus becomes more real. My love for him and his love for me is experienced in a deeper way than I've ever experienced it before. And so you too can refocus. This is the power of refocusing our hearts on him. You know, there's th this rhythm of uh, uh, bringing our hearts and lives before God, uh, of repentance, refocus, and with that we begin to experience renewal. There's a heartbeat of this. It's, there's the highs and the lows. We've got to come back again. And each day as I reflect, as I rep uh, repentance, as I refocus, then there comes a renewal, a renewing of my heart and a renewing of my very mind. The renewed heart. You know, though we're incomplete, God loves you and me completely. And though I and you, we're imperfect, God loves you and me perfectly. And though you may feel and I may feel lost, God's love finds you and finds me. It's incredible. The love of God transcends all and everything. And he can make a way for you and makes a way for me. You know, Paul is a remarkable, was a remarkable man who was fueled by a remarkable love for Jesus. And as we come to a close, he said these words. He said, we do not lose heart, speaking of him and other disciples of the day, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Renewal, day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal so 2 corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18 from the niv we are renewed as we fix our eyes on what is unseen that's eternal what we're seeing here is temporary and our troubles are temporary he says paul had an amazing vision of jesus an incredible love for him whereby he could say if i die i go to be with him to be out of the body is to be with christ he was so filled with an expectation and love of God that he loved him so much and loved Jesus so much, he felt incredibly loved. And he was renewed in spirit, heart, mind, body and strength. St. Augustine, 
who was one of the uh, uh, like a, a founding fathers in the third century church, a, a, a great theologian in the third century church, um, brilliant theologian and apologist, had a tremendous love for God. And it didn't start off like that. As a young man, he lived a very debauched life, but came into a very profound experience of God and became one of the great apologists for the third century church. He said this, to fall in love with, with God is the greatest romance. To seek him, the greatest adventure. To find him, the greatest human achievement. Love God with all our heart, all our mind and all our strength. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And uh, may you know the power of God's love within your heart and mind. Thank you. This is how I know. This is how I know.